0: May we completely realize 2020 session. We're all on a journey together and we all are also the boat. We're the wayfarers and the vessel, the vessel for everyone. Around day four of a lawn session, it can be time to ease off the effort of bit. Having arrived at our true home, which for now is this home. And also, of course, the present moment. Nothing to do. We let things be. No effort needed. the Zen teacher, Shohaku Okamura's lineage, there is a saying that Zazen is good for nothing. Zazen is good for nothing. This saying speaks to the release of that additional effort, that effort that can get us tangled up, that effort to make something out of something else, that confusion about our essential task. We live in a consumerist, materialistic society, and it's deep in our cultural bones that we do things to get other things. In Sashin, we come to know the Zazen that is good for nothing, and just rest. return to this just resting again and again. A phrase I use as a kind of koan is what if it's all okay just as it is. What if It's really all already complete. Something like that. It's a good koan. Again, how would we know if it's a good on for us? Sounds true? some feeling in the body-mind of resonance, of agreement. And also, with a good koan, some doubt. And maybe even the skeptical kind of doubt. Some grading. Some, eh, I don't think so. Some maybe not. That means there's work to be done. That means in sitting with such a phrase, that work can happen, often in the background, sometimes where we can see it. Perfect as it is, whole and complete. No task but this task, breathing in this case. Or often with the simplicity of session tasks, they take care of themselves. With sitting and breathing, we can simply watch the breath do its work really sit back here. Really sink more and more into this space of nothing to do. Watch the body walk. Watch the hands move about their simple tasks during the day. So, present and applying effort when needed. But often at this stage, there's times where no special effort is needed. We're there with the body and the breath. going to take this opportunity to go through some of our liturgy. Much of the chanting we do is meant to invoke the other side of this whole equation, so yes, and especially on or around day four, this practice of being, just being. And on the other side, there is, as we all know, the necessity for wholehearted effort. Really giving ourselves completely to the practice, even adding our effort, our life energy to the mix. So we have this concept of a a dharma wheel. So it's said that when the Buddha began to teach, first made a decision to teach and then began to teach, he put the dharma wheel in motion. He started it going. And today, we through our practice help keep that wheel in motion. In Buddhist cosmology, there have been times, and in the future, there will be times, where the Dharma is forgotten. Not just like, oh, I forgot to be mindful, but completely forgotten. Our one analogy is the, the past completely grown over with weeds. Fortunately for us we're not in such a time. We keep this wheel moving through practicing. And sometimes we give it a extra shove through our effort. When we put energy into practice to move forward. And then there's many ways we could talk about or we can each explore and contemplate on our own um, that we turn the Dharma wheel and also there's times where the Dharma wheel turns us. For instance... We sign up for a session. We really don't feel like doing the next thing on the schedule, but our friends are there, and we've made a commitment. You know, whatever it is. This is one example of the Dharma wheel turning us. So they work right, right together, right together, mutually dependent. And by the way, at some point you're in and there's no getting off. Again, fortunate. So when much of the chanting has the function of renewing this effort So this Gata on opening the sutra, we're about to listen to a talk, and we just put all the importance and all the vow energy we can. The Dharma is so rare and precious, and here it is. And man, I'm going to listen, and I'm going to embody the teachings, and I'm going to do my best to see clearly. So when we put our energy into the chanting, can even sharpen that, effect fact of um, focusing the intention. And then we're ready, we're preparing the mind. And as I mentioned in an earlier talk during this session, we could really say something like this to any moment. Here it is. The Dharma is being preached. Listen, listen. Thirteenth century teacher Ahe Dogen Zenji has a progression often quoted progression, he says, to study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be enlightened by the 10,000 dharmas, the 10,000 things To be enlightened by the 10,000 things is to free one's body and mind and the body and mind of others. No trace of enlightenment remains, and this traceless enlightenment continues forever. So there's a progression here, there's stages, and also we must remember with any progression, or with any that I can think of anyway, it's uh, not always linear. So first stage, and sometimes, and all throughout practice, we're studying the self. Now, Dogen doesn't mean studying psychology. He means noticing the self. Noticing those moments where self comes in, sometimes overtly, sometimes overtly, like a gross reaction to something. sometimes more subtly noticing a bit of self-consciousness come up so noticing what happens also including where the mind tends to wander off to there's data in that Mm, we Come to know the self through noticing, oh, I really wandered to such and such a place often. Isn't that interesting? Not spending too much time on that. And also, also coming through all this persistent watching and returning to see just how insubstantial that self is. Studying the self leads to forgetting the self, keeping our mind on the buffalo, sometimes we see the tail flick through. Getting ourself. Maybe we have a moment or moments or days or whatever time period where we're just doing no doer. The ten thousand things, that is everything, get to. Confirm us, get to present themselves and say, How about now? As one of our dedications says, we can be taught by, polished by everything we meet. And in so doing, we continue the work of freeing this body and mind, freeing from ego, and freeing the bodies and minds of others, freeing from ego, freeing from me. My teacher, Chosen Bays, would point us to the line, saving all sentient beings in the robe chant, saving all sentient beings. And she would add, from me, from me. when we see that the me that we all tend to identify with, the small I, is number one, a complete delusion, and number two, often causing unintended harm these ideas, biased, self-centered views, when we have a moment of seeing that, the vow arises to cut it out, to quit causing harm, to see more clearly. When we do the Gata of Atonement in the morning, this is a reflection of that vow. All the evil karma ever committed by me. Some sanghas just say, all karma ever committed by me. Since of old, into the beginningless past, all of it. In my body, through my speech, through my mouth. I atone for it all. Gosh, I know I don't see completely clearly. Who knows what's in my wake? Who knows? I vow to do better. So it's a a vow to to clean up the mind. And then having made that vow, and that vow in in and of itself can be purifying. It's a purification. Um, Sometimes it's even titled that. We take refuge. We reaffirm again what is not delusion. When we do the homage to the Buddha, we are paying homage to our own awakened mind. The word our own can be tricky, to that great awakened mind. And also to the possibility of complete awakening in us, in anyone we're sitting with, in a human body. So, homage to the enlightened one, the perfect enlightened one. It's less about a person, a person who is now dead, and more about the fact that this awakening happened and is therefore possible. Potential was revealed. and then taking renewed refuge and three times refuge in the Buddha, Dharma, and Sangha. Well, that's a little bit about a few of the chants we do. This kind of theme of really... Lifting up the importance of what we're doing, um, sometimes invoking the ancestors, like with our meal chant, we invoke, and that word is used, you know, all these great beings, essentially saying here, we're eating this meal to get enlightened, like, come witness, come witness, we're going to use this food for good. These are all, and the Gata of Atonement, the Refuges, these are all statements of great aspiration. When we set a North Star, that might seem impossibly distant, and might be impossibly distant. We do that not so that we then... Beat ourselves up because we're not there yet. We do that so that we have a place to orient, so that all of our life energy can flow in the most advantageous direction. So don't get confused or discouraged on that point. Really, truly, just as we are right now, We are each perfect manifestations of the one mind. Absolutely perfect, complete expressions of that vast love because there is no other substance. Knowing this, we can sit back a bit into our day four task of simply being. And to echo Keith's words, meeting each thing As Buddha. As it is. Oh, Buddha's throughout